0: Hi, this is going to be sort of a heavy one today, and I hope that's okay. Because today we're going to talk about the self, about who are you and who am I? And in a Buddhist context, this can be a very difficult thing for people to wrestle with. What am I? Who am I? I'm going to read you a quote now. This is from a Zen teacher named Ikkyu. And he's a teacher I like reading stories about and quotes from a lot, but I don't know if I'd like to hang out with him. And maybe I'll talk more about him some other time. But he lived in the Middle Ages in Japan. And he said, Like a vanishing dew, a passing apparition, or sudden flash of lightning, already gone, thus should one regard one's self. I'm going to read that again. Like a vanishing dew, a passing apparition, or sudden flash of lightning, already gone. Thus should one regard one's self. So here he was echoing a foundational Buddhist text, a foundational Zen Buddhist text called the Diamond Sutra, which I'm sure he was quite familiar with. And in it, the Buddha says, here's another quote, all composed things are like a dream a phantom, a drop of dew, a flash of lightning. That is how to meditate on them. This is how to observe them. So what's going on here? IQ was taking that concept from the Diamond Sutra that all things are like a flash of lightning and reminding us that this applies to the self as well as all other things. It's important to remember that we are impermanent and conditioned just as much as everything else is. I think we have an easy time learning on the Buddhist path that all things are compounded and impermanent, but sometimes we make the mistake of not extending that all the way. It's easy to see that my car is a collection of parts. It has an engine and a battery and tires and a gas tank and many other parts that combine to make a car. And over time, of course, parts have to be replaced. And sometimes it's quite expensive. So it's very easy to remember that my car is a compounded thing, right? That it's a collection of parts rather than being a thing. A lot of things had to come together to create my car. And it's also easy to see that my car's impermanent and it breaks more than it used to. And eventually I'll need a new car. Everyone knows that over time, more and more parts wear out. And sooner or later, the car just isn't going to be worth fixing anymore. Eventually, repairing the car becomes much more expensive and difficult than buying a new car. And this is because cars are impermanent. Cars are not of the nature to last forever. Everything is impermanent. And even if Even the things that seem like they last forever, like mountains and stars, even those things are impermanent. They just are on a larger scale than most things. And if we pay attention, we can see this. But what about us? What about you and I? That's where we struggle. We are compounded and impermanent too. um, Just something to say about compounded. It just means we're a compounded means we're a collection of things. Many different things came together to create you. Not only your parents, but also the environment you grew up in shaped your personality and in ways you may not fully understand your physical body as well. We are shaped by everything in our environments. And even if we just focus on our minds, a lot goes into who we are. A lot. You have your natural intelligence, your knowledge, your experiences that color the way you see things, your attention to detail your emotional well-being, and many other factors. All of these things come together to make you. And everything about you also changes over time, even our thoughts, even our opinions. I have opinions that I had a long time ago that now I think, oh, what was I thinking? And I think we all have that kind of situation as we get older. There are plenty of things that we hope will change about ourselves and some things that we hope won't. But the truth is that all things are changing. All things. So, if we accept the notion that we are a collection of things, just like a car, just like anything else, then what does that mean? What's the point of that? What well, it means our self is less significant than we think it is. So, what are the implications of this? Well, feelings of greed and jealousy begin to not make sense. They become insignificant when we learn that maybe we don't need to be so focused on ourselves we have this tendency to think in terms of i me mine most of the time and that doesn't often serve us very well i think everyone agrees the world would be a better place with less selfishness and recognizing ourselves as part of a context rather than thinking we're some independent being independent from everything else can go a long way toward fixing many of the problems in the world or at least not exacerbating them ourselves, at least not harming others and the world around us because of selfishness, because of self obsession. We are greedy because of selfishness. We are jealous of others and we tend to get upset if we don't have everything we think we deserve because of selfishness. We take others for granted, which can greatly damage our relationships and reputation. Selfishness is at the root of many, many human problems. And a lot of our anger is motivated by selfishness as well. When we get mad or upset that things aren't the way we want them to be or that others aren't behaving in the way we think they should, because that's our business, of course, that is our self-selfishness. That is our self-obsession. If we recognize others as ourselves, then we can certainly be less likely to harm them. It can make us want to help them instead, and ultimately helping others is really important in the spiritual path. When we recognize that we are not separate from everything and we are just a collection of things, it can be easy for to forgive everything or at the very least to accept everything. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about learning how to not fall apart when things don't go our way and learning how to not be quite so obsessed with having all the things we want and trying to arrange our life in the perfect way, because the truth is you can't. You can't arrange your life in the perfect way. That's why the Buddha said famously, life is suffering. Life is dukkha is the word that gets translated as suffering. And I i don't really like the word suffering for that. It is... Um, the reference duka, means a cart with like a cart with a wheel that doesn't work. That's what it technically means. So like a cart with a wheel that doesn't work. So that is, I would like to compare it to um, when you go to the grocery store and you get a shopping cart and one of the wheels is just a little bit messed up. You know what I'm talking about? And so you get this cart and you're going shopping and you're just pushing the cart along and just once in a while the cart sticks, boom, boom. And like, it's annoying and it makes the cart kind of shake and make an annoying sound, but it's not severe. Like, it's not enough that you're going to take the cart back and get a new cart. You're just going to go and be annoyed, right? You're going along, boom, boom, or it's squeaking or something, right? And that is what life is like. And sometimes we have one messed up wheel. Sometimes all the wheels are messed up. And sometimes it's just one wheel, it's just a little bit messed up, and we can go a long time before there's a bump or a noise. But other times it's just every second. That is life. So life is like a cart with a messed up wheel. And the reason that we struggle in this way is because we have this self obsession and. When things don't go our way, we think, why is this happening to me? We think the universe is so cruel to us because to all of us, we are the star of our own drama. We are the star of our own drama. And it's because of that that people really cling very hard to trying not to get older. Trying not not to get older, you know, people do things to themselves with plastic surgery and people dye their hair and people dye their beards, you know, and people even put things into their bodies. And it's all that just self-obsession, just, oh my gosh, I can't let myself change and get older. I can't, I can't. Um, I'm really, myself, I'm really... um, I guess I'm sort of impressed when I see a rich, famous person like let themselves age gracefully instead of railing against it. Like I'm in, impressed is not the right word. I don't know what I am, but I like it when I see an, someone who's rich and famous just like let time happen to them instead of, you know, getting the plastic surgery, dyeing the hair, wearing wigs or whatever else they do. I like it. So... um and I, I just wanted to state my preference, I guess. But that is a way of railing against our impermanence, is trying not to get older. But the truth is, that is coming, right? You can try to slow it down, I guess. The only thing you can really do to slow it down is, like, eat vegetables and exercise, I think. And even then, man, that's not going to totally work, right? But it'll do something for you. But that's all you can really do. You can't, Botox is not going to make you not get older, right? Plastic surgery is not going to make you not get older. And we hate that, right? Sometimes we hate that and we wish we could stay young, but the truth is we can't. We can't. This life is going in one direction and we know what the direction is. And, but wow, that's dark. But what we can learn how to do is not hold on to it so tightly, sort of hold on loosely and view life as a flash of lightning. So like IQ said, so listen, I'm here and I'm going to do what good I can while I'm here. And I'm not going to get so caught up in worrying about how obvious it is that I'm not going to be here forever as it gets increasingly obvious, right? I'm not going to worry so much about that. I'm just going to be present and I'm going to do the good I can. And that is one of the things our meditation practice helps us learn how to do is be present and accept things. I am of the nature to grow old. I am of the nature to get sick, and because I'm growing older, when I get sick or when I get injured, those things are worse than they used to be. They they last longer than they used to. I don't recover very fast like I did 20 years ago, right? And we all have that experience. Well, that's unfair. We don't all have that experience, but many of us have that experience where you know, I can, I can uh, get a cold, and when I was Young, I could get a cold and in a couple days it would be gone. And now if I get a cold, man, that hangs on a long time. It feels like forever. And that's because I'm of the nature to grow old. My body's not as good at fighting those things. And I can sit there and lament and be like, oh, woe is me. I'm I thought, you know, I thought we had a deal. I thought other people would get old and not me. Right. Um, or. We can learn to accept it. We can learn to accept it. We can we can see all of this as temporary and accept that. And our meditation practice helps us do that because it helps us respond to our life experience instead of reacting. And an aspect of our life experience is that fear of getting older. And I can learn to respond to that instead of reacting. And I can just reflect on my life and I can see the areas where getting older is not so... Not so much a struggle. And I can also see, well, I'm getting older, but also I get to see my children grow up. And that's a good thing about getting older, right? So. We can learn how to see life as like a flash of lightning. Or as like a drop of dew. It comes and it goes. And all the things in our life come and go like that. Whether they be good feelings or possessions, they all come and go. They all come and go. It's all fleeting. And when we try to hold on to it and try to make things permanent, that can be when we get really upset. That can be when we get really upset. And that's not limited to getting older, although I've really focused on that. But it's it's anything really. It's anything really. If you've ever had um sort of the spark of a new relationship, right? Um It's a spark of a new relationship. It's a spark for a reason. It's there and then like it gets more relaxed and you settle into things. And people get so obsessed with that spark that they ruin their relationships, right? They chase the next thing and they think, oh, this time, this spark will last forever. It won't though, because that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Everything changes and it's all fleeting. And we can learn how to accept that instead of lamenting it. We can learn how to meditate on the impermanence of things. And the truth is, without that impermanence, nothing could ever get better. We don't, we don't think of that much, but that's the positive side. Without impermanence, nothing could ever get better. Because of impermanence, we can grow. We can improve ourselves. We can see others do the same. And we can make the world a better place. So in a sense, impermanence is a good thing. Or it can be seen that way if we just learn how to shift the narrative and not be so obsessed with what we're losing, okay? So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Have a good day. Thank you for listening and have a good day.